Um, praise God for good deacons. Um, thank you, Keith. Is Keith teaching? He's on duty, too. Um, Keith taught last week to uh, keep watch over our hearts and guard against being jerks. So, praise God. First <laughs> um, Thessalonians 2. Uh, as apostles of the Messiah... We preach the gospel of God to you, and you are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy and righteous and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. This is God's word. So we took a break um, last week, but for eight weeks, we're working through the message and the mission of the church. The message of the church being after Jesus ascended and sent the spirit, the apostles just talked about four things. The day of the Lord and the restoration of all things, the hope of the Messiah, the cross and, and repentance for the forgiveness of sin. So you can participate in the restoration of all things. And they said, all these things are true because God raised Jesus from the dead. So listen to us. And they did that. And we've been doing that um, since that day. Okay. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. And then this is what they bore witness to. And then based on that message, what they were proclaiming, um, they then lived on a certain mission. They lived a certain way, a life of worship, and discipleship and evangelism. And last time that I preached, we looked at discipleship, which is following Jesus on that narrow path through uh, martyrdom, cross-bearing, uh, obedience to the words and examples of Jesus, and, and self-denial. This is what discipleship is. And so today what I want to do is work through how we cultivate uh, discipleship together in the body, okay? How we encourage each other in these things. So it's not just that Larry is following Jesus on the narrow path unto eternal life, and and uh, Gay is doing that, and, and Robert's doing that. Like just the singular person here, singular person here, singular person here. We want to have a, a church culture where we're all doing this together, encouraging each other in this, saying go, 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 and saying stop, 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 stop. If necessary, right? We're helping each other um, stay on the narrow path, okay? This is the secondary purpose um, of the church. Primary is worship, pledging love, trust, loyalty to God. But second, flowing out of our worship then is this. It's walking on and then encouraging each other on that narrow path, okay? Does it make sense? We, we do discipleship together and we take responsibility for each other, okay? And this might be obvious, but we'll just um, continue to say it. The apostles have, your, your, your New Testament has no grid for a solitary believer following Jesus apart from the community of disciples, okay? Like that is just like a foreign concept to them. It's like very normal to, you know, uh, this century, but to them that would just be like, what are you talking about? You crazy person. Okay, so this is I mean, this is just how it is. So the letters, your, your New Testament, they're they're written to y'all. Okay, like if there was an Oklahoma version of the Bible, it would actually be a better translation. Okay, because all those yous are are y'all. All right. So let's just look at a couple Philippians one six. He says, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work. Okay, he who called you 
to follow him on the narrow path that leads to life. He who started a good work in y'all will carry it on to completion. It was Paul's understanding of completion. The day, right? The resurrection of the dead until the day of Christ Jesus. So we got a narrow path unto eternal life. And Paul says, y'all are going to walk that path. I'm sure of it. He who started this good work in y'all, he's going to keep it going until the day he cracks the sky. Philippians 2, next chapter, he says, therefore, my beloved, as y'all have always obeyed, because discipleship is obedience, as y'all have always obeyed, work out y'all's own salvation with fear and trembling. All right, walk on this narrow path soberly and, and watchfully, fear and trembling in light of the day of the, like Larry classes on the Lord judging our thoughts and, and secrets this morning. I'm just like, oh my God, fear and trembling in light of the day of the Lord when he's going to judge the secrets of men. Y'all walk like that. Okay, walk circumspectly on that path. Don't let each other drift over to that wide road that leads to death. But together, y'all work it out, okay, with fear and trembling in the body. Second Peter, which um, Helen prayed from this morning, which is, so I've been thinking about that passage all week. It's wonderful. Um, He says, his divine power, God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So, Everything that we need to walk the narrow path unto eternal life. Peter says, yeah, he's given you the spirit for that. His divine power is granted to you for this for this thing. Verse four, he has granted to us his very precious and great promises. Okay, so that's just the promises of the covenants, right? The regathering of Israel, the restoration of Jerusalem, the restoration of all things, the resurrection of the dead. He's given these things to you. And we have them in a book and they're confirmed by an empty tomb. He's given us these precious promises so that through them, through trusting in them, through believing that Jesus is not a liar, that God is is not a liar. And he's going to make good on his promises through them, through faith. You may become partakers of the divine nature, okay? Mm -hmm. which is not like a a hippie thing, right? Christians from the 70s, like we're just partakers of divine nature, man. Right? It's not like a Buddhist thing, like we become like God, kind of. No, partakers of the divine nature means you'll become like Jesus beca- was, right? Jesus rose from the dead. Through these promises, you will also be raised from the dead. You will partake in the same nature as him. And so for this very reason, verse 5, make every effort to supplement your faith, okay? So you believe the gospel of the kingdom. Now, gird yourselves up to walk the path that leads to it. How? With virtue and knowledge and self-control. Back to discipleship with steadfastness, with godliness, with brotherly affection, with love. Peter's saying... In, in the community that's been given the spirit by faith, right? His divine power granted to us that's believing the promises. You guys work these things out together with love for each other, right? Like this encouragement part of discipleship is a lot easier when you love the people that you're trying to, you know, it's like, oh, I got to encourage this person. It's like, no, I love them. I want to uh, encourage them. And if you've been part of that on either end, it's, it's wonderful, Okay. It's a big deal. So therefore, verse 10, therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more diligent, which means do it on purpose. Okay, like one thing I'm trying I want to get out of, of this like teaching series or whatever is just to emphasize that this stuff will not happen accidentally. 
Okay, like if your plan is to just like drift into a life of worship or like drift into a life of discipleship or just drift into doing evangelism, which will be next week. Okay, it, it doesn't work like that. You have to be all the more diligent to do these things. And so we want to be diligent to encourage each other, like on purpose, talk about and do these things. So be all the more diligent to make your calling, your calling to inherit eternal life and election sure. For if y'all practice these qualities, y'all will never fall. Okay, for in this way, verse 11, in in this church, culture, environment, life group that encourage each other in in virtue and knowledge and and self-control and all the rest. In this way, there will be richly provided for y'all. What? What do y'all get if you are diligent in these things and entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? I was reading this on the beach this week, just like, oh, that is awesome. And everything's awesome on the beach, but but this is, you know, like, oh, like the plan for me to inherit eternal life, God's plan for me to inherit eternal life is for you guys to be diligent in encouraging me to do it. Okay, that's God's plan. He's not like, you know, Josh, you got this. Like, the point is, you don't. You're an idiot. (laughs) You got to have this. You got to have the people of God encouraging you. People of God who've been given the spirit and these very precious promises to say, Josh, keep going. Okay, like stay on the path. And in this way, you will inherit the eternal kingdom. Right. So we're not in the kingdom now. Right. But Peter says that through the spirit and believing the promises and through supplementing each other with those godly lists there, we will enter it when it comes. Right. Eschatology drives discipleship and discipleship is a corporate act. Okay, we, we do it together. Discipleship is a um, y'all, y'all act, okay? My, my point is, you have no hope of inheriting eternal life by yourself. And you, it, you know, if that like hits your pride, good. You need to deal with it. You're not going to do it by, by yourself, okay? At least I think according to the scriptures. The encouragement from the y'all, from the one another, is absolutely central. So for the rest of the time, I just want to look at how the Bible says to do it. Okay, how, how do we do this thing? And if at some point a, a jolly black man and his big family come in in a second, just smile and wave. They're going to be so happy. Derek's, Derek's supposed to be here today. Um, but in classic Derek fashion. <laughs> So how do we do it? How do we do it? How do we do this thing? First, we keep hope central. Okay, we keep the goal central. We keep eternal life central. Hebrews ten twenty three. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope. What is our hope? The appearing of Jesus, the resurrection of the dead, the restoration of all things. Let us hold on to our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to gather, but encouraging each other, discipleship, all the more. And what is the author of Hebrews' reference point for encouragement? What's he aiming at? As as you see the day approaching... This is the motivator for for the encouragement. Verse 36, for y'all need endurance because it's a difficult and narrow road. You need endurance so that after you've done God's will, not before, right? After you've walked that narrow path, you may receive, y'all may receive what is promised. Y'all may receive what you have hoped for and faith will be 
sight, right? You know, there's no faith in the age to come because I see it. I'm there. I'm looking at it. I'm feeling it. I'm eating it. We're doing it. Okay. There's no more faith. It's sight. So central to to encouraging one another to follow Jesus with endurance, central to discipleship is hope in the day of the Lord. Okay, if we lose the day of the Lord, we're going to lose discipleship, too. So let's keep the day of the Lord and the return of Jesus, the appearing of Jesus central, and that will drive our discipleship. Does that make sense? You, you lose that. We talk about other stuff. Then we eventually start doing other stuff and we become the end of first uh, second Peter. They're unfruitful, useless. OK, uh, Romans 15, 13. Um, may the God of hope fill y'all with all joy and all peace as y'all believe so that y'all may overflow with what? Hope, right? This is Paul's goal by the power of the spirit. So hope in verse thir- uh, 13 here is in reference to 7 through 12, which is Jesus being Faithful to the promises to Israel and Gentiles with faithful inherit it with them. So he's praying that the community there would be filled with that hope. Okay? Like hope for Paul is not just random hope. Like it's, no, it's, it's, it's oddly specific. <laughs> okay? Like he's after these things. So he's praying they would be filled with that hope sort of as a, a capstone to the whole letter of Romans. It's a pastoral encouragement to stay on the path. So to stay on the narrow path here in Tonkawa... We have to keep hope central, right? Like you need to wake up and think about the return of Jesus. And you need to wake up and think about the cross that allows you to inherit eternal life when it comes. And you need to think about those things and preach those things to yourself and then preach them to your other members in the church. And remind them and encourage them that they would be filled with hope in these things, okay? Again, if, if the return of Jesus is minimized in our hearts and minds, we, we're just setting ourselves up to drift and go off the broad path, right? Go onto the broad path. No, nothing sobers you up like the day of the Lord, okay? And flaming fire and angels and revealing the secrets of our heart, like, sobers you up quickly, okay? So that, that's first. We, we keep hope central. So if you're tired of me, Preaching the day of the Lord, I'm sorry. I'm not not sorry. Like too bad. That's what I had to say. Too bad. Because if we lose that, we we just we just drift. Okay, we just drift. Second, we gather. Um, and this one's kind of funny. I, there's 12 families missing today. Uh, I don't know what Keith did last week to make them all not come. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We got softball and travel. Max and Kim are with the new baby Gus. Um. Anyway, we, we, we gather to encourage each other on the narrow path. So uh, Hebrews 10, where we were just at, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to what? Not neglecting, yeah, to meet, to, to gather, as some are in the habit of doing, but we are encouraging each other. So when we gather, when we do this, or a prayer meeting, or a house group, or, or any other gathering, we come to worship God, and we come to encourage each other, Okay? Like, this is the aim of our meetings. Again, whether Sunday, home group, prayer meeting, it's to encourage each other. It's to, like, my hope is that you leave this gathering stirred up with confidence in the day of the Lord and confidence in, in Jesus' cross for you before it. Like, I don't want you leaving here like, oh, man. I want you leaving here like, okay, I can do it another week. I can stay on the path another week. I, I can keep doing this thing because the gathering encouraged me okay so i'm just i I was gone last week and 
I didn't now the beach minimizes it a little, but I didn't like it. Like Sunday rolled around and uh, my heart was not where I would like it to be on a Sunday. Okay, and then I missed my my home group, too. And then I missed two two prayer meetings and then I missed uh, Tuesday steak. Okay, these are things that keep me on the path. These are things that fill up my heart to say, hey, you can do it. You can obey Jesus. You can live in, with self-denial. You can carry a cross. You can love your church. You can love your spouse. You, you know what I mean? Like these gatherings are for that purpose. And I could tell tangibly like, oh, something not right in my heart here. I'm missing something. And it was the church. Okay. It, again, minimized by the waves and the beach. But um, the point is we need these things to stay on the path. And this is how God has designed it. Okay. This is his deal. And so this is why we've had someone testify um, about our home groups uh, each week, because we want you to hear that it's actually working. OK, like we don't we don't want our gatherings to just be in vain or just be another social club. We want to view again, home group, prayer meeting, Sunday morning, whatever. We want to view those things as a tool in the Lord's hand to encourage discipleship. OK, so like when Sean got up here with Kason a couple weeks ago and he started crying, I was like, I'm not going to. Okay, but what he say? He said, "Yeah, we, me and Megan, were going through a hard time with with our, our uh, pregnancy and all that stuff, and our home group encouraged us." Last week, Helen and Rachel got up here, and I wasn't crying watching it. I wasn't like, oh. but I wanted to. You know what I mean? Like I'm seeing a high school senior and a senior say in Helen, and like, oh, there's been mutual and reciprocal discipleship here and helen's gonna finish well because of rachel and rachel's gonna finish well because of helen and it's real okay like it's 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 real um ali's gonna share today ryan rector next week which will be awesome okay uh they're, they're saying it's working they're saying god's design for discipleship for staying on the narrow path it requires the y'all it requires um, the one another, and we want to be diligent in doing it. Okay, third, to encourage each other on the narrow path, it, it, we strive for um, unity. So Philippians 1, he says, whatever happens, because I'm in prison, and well, we don't know. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Live on the narrow path, whatever happens. Uh, then, whether I come to you and see you or only hear about you in my absence before my head's chopped off, I will know that y'all stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. Verse 28, this is a sign that you will be saved, right? Like unity in, in the body, Paul says, this is a sign that you will be saved and disunity in the body is a sign to them of their um, destruction if you read the, less, the rest of the letter. So, a good indicator as to whether or not we're on the path is, is the level of our contending for this thing together. Okay? Make sense? Like, if you're just doing it and you're just doing it, I think we'll make it, but it's marginal, right? But if you're doing it and we're doing it together, um, that's, a, that's a sign we're going to make it. And for the negative part of that, see Keith's sermon last week. You lutes is out there. Just kidding, there's no lutzes here. If you didn't laugh at that, you didn't listen to the sermon last week. <laughs> All right, number four. Fourth way we encourage each other on the narrow path is through the Spirit's gifts. 
So 1 Corinthians 1, before we get to 12, 13, and 14, right? Paul just opens up. You need the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 1, in this way, the testimony of Jesus was confirmed among you. Okay, so that, that he died and rose again and is coming and all that. It was confirmed among you so that you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the revelation, the appearing, the revealing of our Lord Jesus. So the gifts are given to the y'all in light of the return of Jesus. Does that make sense? As you wait for this revealing of Jesus, you don't lack any spiritual gift because God wants you to finish well. God wants you to stay on the path. He will also, verse 8, through these gifts, do what? What's it say? He will strengthen y'all through these gifts so that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Like that's what the gifts are for. They're not like because they're fun or cool or you can build your ministry, whatever. The gifts of the Spirit are for, chapter 14, verse 12, the edification, the building up, the strengthening of the church to be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus. Does that make sense? Like really practical, really easy. You guys have a long, hard, narrow path to stay on. So here's some gifts, right? To, to keep, yeah, like, uh... Santa in the Narnia books. Why is Santa in Narnia? We don't know, but Santa shows up and he gives Peter and Lucy and Edmund and Susan gifts. Why? Because Peter's got to fight a wolf and Susan's got a slinger bow. And what's Edmund get? A shield? Kind of a lame gift compared to the sword. <laughs> and, and Lucy gets what? Why? Because they've got a battle, they've got a war, they've got a stuff they've got to get through. So Santa comes bearing gifts in the same way the Lord comes giving gifts to the church so that they will walk the path and therefore be blameless on that day. Ephesians 5, pay careful attention to how you walk. Pay careful attention to the path you're on, not with reckless living, right? Broad path living, a life of of no self-denial and no cross-bearing and no obedience, not with reckless living, but instead you need to be filled with the Spirit, okay? So the gift and the gifts of the Spirit are administered through the church's different members, right? This is 1 Corinthians 14, you're an eye, you're a leg, you're a toe, you're a tail. I'm just kidding, you don't have tails. Right, but, but this is, is what he's saying. They're given through the different members to, one, testify to the age to come. Hebrews 6, you've tasted the powers of the coming age. And two, they're given to encourage us on the path that leads to life. So from the Spirit, through the members, we need wisdom. We, you know, Joe's gone this Sunday. We are less wise today. Okay? We need knowledge. We need faith. Right? Max is gone. Max is the big faith guy. Right? And that's good for me because I'm like on the other end there and he's got to pull me into it. Okay, we need faith and miracles and prophecy and discernment, languages and interpretation. Like we need all the stuff serving, teaching, administration. It's just hilarious. It's like heavenly languages, administration and glory is gone. Right. (laughs) We, We need all of these things. Mercy. We need these things to stay on the path. That's why God gives the gifts. That's why we're, we're like this. Number five, pray and fast. Central to encouragement on the path that leads to life is to fast and pray together. So um, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' Prayer, the prayer he taught is, is corporate, right? Our Father. It is aimed at the coming kingdom. Your kingdom come. 
It's here. I'm not praying for it to come. Third, it's discipleship and narrow path based, right? Forgiveness is part of staying on the narrow path. Uh, Not going after temptation is part of, you know what I'm saying? It's for the body to pray. And so Peter encourages disciples um, in this. 1 Peter 4 says, the end of all things is near. Okay? Timeline, time-wise. It's near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind. Why? So that you may pray, right? The day of the Lord's coming to be sober and stay on the path. You guys need to pray. We have to watch and pray so as to be Ready. So as disciples on the narrow path, we want to privately and together pray. Ask God for mercy and help to stay on the path. Because when you, you like if you're going through a season where you're not asking God for those things, whether you know it or not, what you've really done is, is decided in your heart. I'm self-sufficient, actually. OK, actually, I can stay on the path. By myself, I don't need the body, I don't even need the Lord, I can do this. That's what we're doing when we're not praying. But when we're well aware of how uh, weak and jacked up and (laughs) just generally not great we are in here, that drives you to prayer. And you ask God, help Help me stay on the path. Help me be watchful and sober and do these things. Right? It's just this cycle of I'm weak, so I ask God to give strength, and I'm weak, and, I, and, I, and you run that thing until he comes. And so we want to combine that with fasting. Okay? And I, hate, I just I hate fasting. Fasting is the worst thing. You know, um, if you could mark all the fasting passages out of the Bible, and we should do it. Um, but we can't. They are there. And the reason we want to combine our prayer with fasting is because fasting, again, drives us to weakness and weakness drives us to prayer. Right? Because if you fasted, like, you're like, it's only been eight hours. I hate my kids. (laughs) Twelve hours. I hate my wife. Right? You're like, and then the spirit reminds you, hey, bud, that's the broad path. And then you pray. And you get strength for a little bit. And then, all right, it's just this horrible, horrible cycle that we do. Um, fasting, again, just reminds us that we're not sufficient to stay on the narrow path ourselves. And we need the power of the Spirit. Okay? Um, and so I, I'm not going to do a big thing on fasting right now. But just like medically different people are in different stages of life. And you can't do it. Um, so consult your doctor. This is not a medical message. Anyway, and so when we recognize need, which is what fasting does, it shows it brings up all this stuff that's in you. When we recognize need, like children, we ask and God gives. So Romans 8, we groan within ourselves. We're eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies, right? Because what does your weakness do? It's like, oh, I'm not actually great. I long for a body that's without sin and death, groaning for this thing. And in the same way, while we're groaning, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. Okay? Like the Spirit comes and says, Yeah, you are weak. Absolutely. Glad we finally acknowledged this. Let me help you, right? Um, because we don't know what to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with unspoken groaning. So I just want to encourage you guys that, that to make time. I mean, obviously, like private prayer, figure that out. And if you need help figuring that out, like, we can help you figure that out. But two, we want to have just regular prayer, okay? Regular, uh, just normal prayer. So 
Sunday morning, we, we sing two songs and then we pray. That is not time to just be like, oh, time for the prayer. No, that's time to engage your heart and your mind and your mouth and your body and pray. Because if you haven't prayed all week, like, hey, we're providing it for you right here, right? To start over. So give yourself to that regular time of prayer. We're going to pray at the end of service. Pray. Okay? Like, actually say, I'm here. I have nothing else to do. I'm going to pray. All right? If you can attend, uh, 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 we we, we were going to pray tomorrow night, right? Um, This month is weird because I was gone. But the first and third Monday of the month, 6 p.m., we're praying that third Monday one, all the elders are there, and we pray. You can make it. Come to that. We pray uh, Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Okay? Um, but figure that out. Your home groups, okay? Don't just get into the motion of, well, we're doing our thing, we're doing our thing, we don't pray. No, take time to pray. And our home group, which is, everyone's gone today at softball. Um, ours has a million children. So prayer is like really hard. Like, like we, it's like, oh, guys, we have 30 seconds. Let's go for it. And then they come back in. Okay. And they don't come in quietly, right? If you know Robert Simpson, the guy's always excited about something. Um, But who cares? Like, make the effort to say we're gathered here to encourage each other. The day of the Lord is real. Okay. We're actually weak. We need strength to stay on the path. So let's pray, and you start, and then, mom! Right? And then you pray some more. You, you just give yourself to it. And then um, we want to do regular fasting, which I'll, I'll talk about more later, because I need to figure that out for myself. Thank you. Six, most important. Last thing. Um, and I'm a little long, but I wasn't here last week, so you get a double dose. Most important thing in discipleship and encouraging one another uh, is, is instruction. Okay, so this and imitation. And I would put imitation even above instruction if I'm being, being honest. So Romans 15. Whatever was written in the former days, so the Tanakh, Paul's scripture, was written for what? Our instruction, Right? For our training, for our discipleship. Okay, that's why God has preserved Israel's scriptures for us. Isn't that awesome? Maybe not. Okay. If you've just always had a Bible, it's not awesome. But think about it like, wow, we have words from Moses. (laughs) Okay, cool. Written for our instruction, so that through the endurance and through the encouragement of what? The encouragement of the scriptures, we might have what? Hope, right? These are given for your instruction to encourage you for hope in the day of the Lord and the resurrection and the age to come and all, all the stuff. So Paul understands that God's means for our instruction, for us staying on the path, for our endurance comes from where? From these words here. Yeah, all, all of, of them. The scriptures are necessary for discipleship is what Romans 15 says. That's why they were written. But who and how the scriptures are, are disseminated, are, are, are given and, and shared, uh, comes from where? Okay, What is God's plan for the scriptures that give us encouragement and instruction? How are these cultivated in the church? Verse 14, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You are filled with knowledge and you are what? 
You are able to instruct each other, okay? So not just pastors, right? Not, not just teachers, the members, the one another are to read the scriptures and instruct each other um, in these things, right? So this is Paul's plan and this is God's plan for discipleship, not just for Joe to teach a class or for Josh to preach a sermon. It's for Sean to have a Bible and, and, and Brody to have a Bible and for them to both read those Bibles and then say what they read to each other for the purpose of encouragement. Super simple, super easy. Instruction from the scriptures is all I'm saying is necessary for discipleship. If we don't have that, we're not discipling each other. Okay? <laughs> we're not. Hebrews 3, um, 13. Encourage each other every day. Got it. With what? Yes. Right? Right? The, the scriptures, the truth, that God is not a liar. And God actually raised Jesus from the dead. We can trust everything else. Do that as long as it is called today. Why? So that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Encourage each other every day with the scriptures so that you don't go off to that broad path, but you stay on the narrow path that leads to life. Verse 14, for we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold on to our original confidence firm to the end. Okay? And the author of Hebrews, or Tan, we already read, his assumption is that you're going to hold on to confidence. You're going to stay on the narrow path because someone else is encouraging you in it. Okay? They're, they're like, there's no... I, have, I think I have enough family that I would still be a Christian today. Um, you know, but I would not be in ministry were it not for the encouragement of our members. Okay? I would have... I don't have any other skills, so I'd, that would have been rough. But I, I would not be doing this um, without encouragement from our members, without people coming to me, opening their mouths and, and, and encouraging me from this. I read this this week and I wanted to share it with you. And I'm like, all right, I can keep, you know what I mean? It's so basic, so simple, so easy. You know, even a caveman can do it like this is what God has designed for us to do. And it doesn't cost any money, right? It doesn't take a degree. It doesn't, it's just like, oh, you have a Bible? I have a Bible. What should we do with these things? How about encourage each other, read these things, and keep each other on, on the path? I'm going to skip that. My favorite quote ever there. Um, okay. And if you don't know how to do that, like, oh, read the Bible with someone, that sounds terrifying. There's a book right on this table out here called One-to-One Bible Reading, which is just what it means. Or you can go to our app or website, click on Bible Study, and there's a step one, get a Bible. (laughs) Step two, get a person. Step three, read Bible with said person. Right, like, it's really easy setup, but that's on our website, or you can just talk to me and... I'll help you. Okay, so discipleship's not just instruction, though, right? We've had that. We've had lot. Uh, no one has been taught more than American Christians. We don't need more teaching necessarily. We need to see it done. We need imitation. So this is what the apostles model for Thessalonians two. As apostles of Christ, we preach the gospel to you. You are witnesses, and so is God of how holy and righteous and blameless we were among you who believed. Right. So instruction, we preached it, and. You saw us live it. You were witnesses of, of, of what we did. Okay, and why did they do this? How did they do this? Verse 12, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into where does that narrow path lead? Into his kingdom 
and glory, right? Their lifestyle, their encouragement of each other leads them to eternal life in, through instruction and, and imitation. Second Timothy 4. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in kingdom, whatever you're going to say next is really important. Okay? I give you this charge, Timothy, in view of the day of the Lord, preach the word, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So, Timothy, teach what I taught, teach how I taught, and Timothy, live like I live, verse 7. I have fought the good fight. And you just teach it. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. Timothy, I walked the narrow path. Right? I didn't just tell you I walked it. And Timothy sees this and and what is so helpful just being in our, our church, right? We have Praise God, we have a lot of gray hairs. It's to me, in my 30s, that just tells me it's possible. Okay? It's it's possible because we're constantly bombarded with Christians, leaders, authors, whatever, who didn't finish. And you look at that enough and you dwell on that enough and you're like, if they couldn't make it, I don't think I can make it. But I am part of a church full of gray hairs. Who are finishing well. And I just go oh. It's possible. I can finish the race. I can keep the faith. I can fight the good fight. And then verse (laughs) 8. Now. Paul says. Now that I've finished. Now there is in store for me. Because I don't have it now. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord. The righteous judge. Will award to me when. On that day. And not only to me, but also to all, to y'all, who've longed for his appearing. Paul preached the word. Paul encouraged Timothy to preach the word. And then Paul also says, and look at my life. Okay? And we don't say this in arrogance. Like, discipleship is, (laughs) look at my life, but not all of it. You know? (laughs) Look at my life. I've done it. Okay? So our discipleship of one another has to be both. Okay, Larry, I keep coming back to your class. It's a good class this morning, man. Um, you know, Larry, Larry told a story of a uh, uh, guy who could stand on stage and, and say the thou and do all the stuff. But off the stage was a hellion. And you can't have that. We have to have the instruction and the imitation or discipleship falls apart. It just will not work. We teach towards the narrow path, and we walk in it in view of one another. And you know this is true. None of us are following Jesus because someone told us how. We're following Jesus because someone showed us how. Okay? I was really hoping Derek would be here by now. Because I think it would be appropriate. Okay? So this is our mission, to walk the narrow path together. We keep... The hope of the gospel central. I'm not going to shut up about the day of the Lord and the return of Jesus. Okay? We commit to gathering, even when it's hard. Okay? Even like you get to the end of the day and it's like, I do not want to go to group. I do not want to go to church in the morning. 
we say shut up and commit to it. Okay? We strive for unity. We aim to cultivate spiritual gifts. We commit to prayer and fasting. And we instruct each other through the word and through deed. Okay? Let's pray. Um, So God, we just corporately this morning... um, God, confess our weakness and God, confess that we, we understand, we are well aware, uh, we can't stay on the path by ourselves. And we need the Spirit of God, we need the divine power that grants to us everything we need for life and godliness, we need your Spirit. And we confess and admit that we need each other. We have to have each other to stay on the path. We have to have each other to finish well. And so, um, God, I ask first that if that's not clear, if that's not central and real in our hearts this morning, that you would make it real by the Spirit. You would press these things on us that, hey, you're not sufficient in yourself, man. make that real. Um, God, we bless you for those in our body that have instructed us through their words and who have instructed us through their example for the long haul. We bless them and honor them. And I ask God that you would uh, keep that um, legacy, keep that tradition. God, should you tarry, look for the day when uh, Sam has gray hair or no hair. And he's, he's been an example, God, to the next crew. Lord, we ask you for the Spirit's gifts to be evident in our body. God, that you would pour out your Spirit. God, that we would have uh, members gifted prophetically. God, gifted with different languages, gifted with interpretation. God, gifted um, with miracles, gifted with mercy, gifted with administration. God, gifted with teaching. God, would you cultivate these gifts in our body? Help us steward them well. We ask that you would give uh, a spirit of unity in our body as a sign that we will be saved. God, I ask that the hope of the gospel would be the most important thing, the most central thing, God, that would even drown out other little things that are important. But this hope of the return of Jesus and this trust that his cross for our sins works, the blood of Jesus actually saves. It actually washes our sins away if we will repent and trust. Help us in our discipleship. God, help us walk the narrow path individually and, and then help, each, help us do it corporately. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite our elders up to the front. Um, If you want to pray with an elder about anything, pray.
Um, if it's in response to the message or anything else, pray. If you're not praying with an elder, what should you be doing right now? Praying, yeah. Um, the Spirit leads you to go pray with someone else. Go ask them if that's okay. Pray with them. Um, but this time is for prayer. So let's do that.